All right. Well, uh, good morning, everybody, or at least it's morning for me, depending on where you are, what time you're watching this, whatever time of day it is for you. But appreciate you guys for taking the time to check out this podcast episode. Uh, really, really appreciate you guys for being here. I'm so excited for you to be here for this conversation with my guest today, Jennifer Hopper. Uh, Jennifer is a singer songwriter based in New York. Her work spans over two decades and includes several albums and EPs ranging from pop and jazz to contemporary Christian worship. She's performed on stages throughout Europe, Latin America and the United States and uh, really just has a powerful and strong message of hope that uh, she brings to uh, every stage that she has the opportunity to either perform on or lead worship on. And uh, Jennifer, really, really excited to just have this opportunity to talk to you today. It's really great to meet you finally. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for yeah. being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, we bonded a little bit over some technical issues, which is normal for, for me on this podcast <laughs> to happen. <laughs> uh, so we apologize for getting started a little bit late here. Uh, we were uh, supposed to start a little bit ago. But, uh, but anyway, uh, Jennifer, again, just thank you for your time. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So uh, I do want to know, I mean, this is this, this is really cool because I've known um, about you and your husband, Christopher, and your ministry and music and different things for uh, a long time. I just had an opportunity to connect with Christopher uh, a couple months back when he was uh, on this podcast, and we talked a lot about his writing and, and all of that kind of stuff in ministry. Um, I've we know a lot of the same people. And so there's always been this thing where I've kind of known about you guys, but didn't really um, ever connect on a, on a personal level. And so anyway, it's, it's just cool to finally kind of connect with you. And I'm excited just to find out a little bit more about you and who you are. So if we could go back just a little bit and talk a little bit about um, kind of your, your background in terms of how you got started in ministry and, stuff like that. You could just share a little bit about uh, who you are and how that kind of translates into what you do today. Yeah. So um, my earliest memory of really having an encounter with Jesus, I was actually three and a half years old. And I know that's kind of strange, but I remember just having a vision of Jesus and all of this bright light. And in my own little way, I gave my heart to the Lord at that point. And um, my mom said around that age awesome. as well, anytime she put me in my car seat, I would sing instead of talk. And uh, basically, as soon as I could talk, I wanted to sing. And um, when I was about 12, we started going to a different church and I just really had an encounter with God. Um, and I would say that's when my walk with Jesus really became real to me. And just really started to uh, throw myself into studying scriptures and going to extra meetings just so that I could be in the presence of God. And um, around that time just started to have more of a passion and a desire to lead worship. And it was around the time when um, Darlene Check was big. I'm aging myself, I know. But to no, see- I'm with you on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to see a female worship leader, um, mm -hmm. that was huge for me. You know, growing up uh, in ministry, the ministries that I was in, it was mainly led by men. And so to see this powerful woman um, singing these songs, it really had an effect on me. And just began um, just sitting at my piano and just worshiping on my own and didn't really start writing until I was about 18, I would say, um, because I didn't really feel like I had that gift, I guess. Mm. Um, and as far Did as- you know 
Okay. Did you know that you did you know that you could sing? Like at what point did you like did you grow up always singing and knowing that you kind of, you know, could do that or was that at the same at the same time around the age of 18 that you kind of discovered that you had a good voice or uh, did you kind of grow up knowing that you could sing uh, but you just didn't have the confidence for it or kind of how did that come together? Uh so my mom has a beautiful voice and so I think I just knew that I got that from her. My dad can whistle, so that's something, right? Sweet. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just, I was always drawn to singing. Um, my grandmother had a old piano and I was always drawn to that as well. Um, I just started taking piano lessons when I was eight. Um, and I think my first vocal performance, like solo, I think I was 12 years old. Um, and then I was in cool. choir and those types of thing in, things in school. And then I started leading worship at my church when I was 15. Um, so yeah, I always had kind of yeah. like a passion to lead worship, even though I'm, I'm very painfully introverted, like super introverted. And if you watched Christopher's interview, you know, we're like opposites in so many ways. He's like the most extroverted outgoing um, person. And I'm just like, I'm good. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of like that I do what I do because I'm, I, I'm just very, I feel like I'm a very awkward person in a lot of ways, mm. but here yeah. I am, you know, leading worship and, and, you know, being on a stage in front of people and speaking and stuff like that. So God definitely has a sense of humor when it comes to my life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Let's do this. Let's, uh, let's just have an awkward silence real quick. All right. So, uh, all right, let's, let's start now. All right, it's starting to get painful. I think that was, <laughs> I think that was long enough. We got that out of the way. We got that out of the way. Yes. So uh, you know, now we could just uh, if if it happens again naturally, it's okay because we already yeah. we already got we already got it out of the way. So we're good. No, but um, but it's really cool how God does that, right? It's really cool how He will, you know, push us to do things because He wants us to grow. And you know, even if our, I don't know, it's it's funny because He created us like he he designed us and so you know he you have the personality that you have a lot of that has to do with the way that god designed you and created you the way your right. mind works the way your brain works and yet he's still like yeah but i want this out of you i want this for your life and so anyway it's just really cool how he always wants to move us out of our comfort zone um, so that we can grow and so that we can you know, have an impact. And I think he does that to, to challenge us for our personal growth, but also so that, you know, we can uh, have that impact on others around us. And so anyway, I just, I, I love that story. I love the fact that you are introverted and yet God uses you on these stages in front of thousands of people to, you know, spread this message of hope and, and of God's goodness. So that's just really cool. Yeah. Um, which, uh, what, what instruments do you play? I've, I've seen you play the piano. Yes. Um, so I started taking piano when I was about eight. Um, and then I picked up guitar sometime in my twenties. I don't really remember when, um, and in high school I played tuba. So that's a pretty useful instrument. You know? Really? Yes. <laughs> Especially in worship. <laughs> yes. I mean, you can leave worship from that baby all, all day long. We need more tuba in worship, <laughs> more tuba and more cowbell. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I would say, um, I would say though that my voice is my best instrument. I wouldn't consider myself like an accomplished musician. I, 
I enjoy playing guitar and I enjoy playing piano, but mainly um, just for my personal worship and to write because I write differently on the piano than I would write a song on the guitar. And so it kind of brings out a different uh, style, if you will. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Do, can you put your finger on on that in terms of the 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 difference in the style like if you were writing something on the guitar what would be the dif what would the difference be would it be sort of a brighter kind of a thing as opposed to on the piano maybe a little bit more i don't know what the what the right word is or is is there so or is it different every time or do you, is it something that you can point to it's like when i'm with when i'm when i've got my guitar and i'm writing this is the sound that comes out when i'm on the piano and i'm writing it's a little bit more this style is that something that's that you can point to and say uh, like that it is this style or does it is it does it change every time you sit down to write? I would say guitar does typically bring out a little bit of a happier song. But if you've listened to any of my writing, <laughs> I tend to go a little bit dark on if it's more of like touching on subjects of struggling with depression and stuff like that. As far as worship goes, I've. I do lean a little bit more towards the minor depending on the song. Um, mm. I feel more freedom when I'm writing uh, on piano just because it's the instrument that I know better. Uh, but I enjoy guitar because I, somehow the limitation of it challenges me. I don't, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I feel mm. more limited, but somehow it makes me like push harder to, to write better on it. But yeah. No, it's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, when when you're writing and you are kind of exploring some of those dark themes or, you know, writing about depression or writing about those kind of soul struggles and things of that nature, uh, where do you think that comes from, that sort of leaning to kind of have that grittiness in your in your music, in your writing? Um, where do you think that that comes from as far as just as far as you're concerned, what kind of leads you to to write in that way? So I think often in growing up in the church and um, in Christianity, we try to not really admit when we're not doing well, when we're not okay. It's all, it's always kind of like, oh, you know, bless the Lord, but then like you're dying on the inside. Um, so for me, yeah. uh, I, I can tell you that when I was in third grade, that's the first time I experienced being depressed. But I couldn't really say that it was that because I didn't know what it was. And growing up Pentecostal, it's kind of like, oh, you know, just get some anointing oil and everything will be fine, which I, I believe in the power of prayer 100%. Um, but I think that there's times that we need to admit that we're really going through something, that we're really struggling, that, yeah. um, that we're struggling with fear. Uh, fear and depression um, and anxiety have been big ones for me. And I think for so long, um, I just tried to be perfect and couldn't admit that I had issues. If, if mm. that makes sense, I felt that pressure, especially being in ministry, um, being a pastor's wife, that I couldn't uh, be vulnerable. Mm. And as as my time of depression got worse um, a couple years ago, I just really began writing about it, and that was kind of my outlet to be like, uh, I'm I'm not all right, and. I still love Jesus and I, I still believe in the power of prayer, but I'm going through something that's very dark and I can't explain mm. it. And I'm not praying, you know, you know, the prayer isn't taking it away like 
a miracle, like a magic sauce at the moment. And so, um, yeah, I think that we, we need to process our pain, not push it down. And I think I had suppressed things for so long being in ministry because I didn't feel like I could um, process them publicly. Um, and writing music about it has really helped me release that pain and process that pain and be vocal about it. Um, and I've even spoken a couple times about it. And I feel like it's helped set other people free that are struggling mm. with the same things because they feel like, okay, I'm not the only person that's, you know, in my closet every night crying uh, just so that I can be alone and cry about something. Um, I'm not mm. the only person that's anxious all the time. I'm not the only person that is fearful of what's going to happen next. Um, so I think in Christianity, we need to, we need to show our vulnerability. We need to show that there are times in our lives when everything is amazing and we are grateful for every blessing that God's given us. But then there's other times where it's like, I'm not all right. And we have to be uh, vulnerable and um, just speak that truth. I think it's important as, as, as the body of Christ. Hmm. That was so well said. And, and uh, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. And I think that I think that it happens in life in general, but I think it's way, as you said, more amplified in a lot of church circles where it's just kind of normal to be like, oh, praise the Lord, you know, and just kind of walk around like, how are you today? Oh, I'm, I'm blessed. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm wonderful. I'm wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored like that, like that kind of thing. And it's like, all right, like, yeah, that's, that's true. Like, that's absolutely true. But it's also not helpful you know, like, like, like that is true. And I think there's a, there's a tension here, right? Because we have the reality of God's love and favor and goodness and, and that, you know, he showers us with blessing and all of this, but there's also times where we feel like crap. There's also times where we might be walking through a season of feeling depressed or feeling like we're just in a dry season or where things are not going well, or, right. you know, where we're dealing with different things. Right. And it's not helpful to, pretend like those things are not happening. And I think that for sure, like, you know, if we, we, we talked about, I think it happens in regular life, it's amplified in the church. And I think it's way more amplified as you alluded to when you're in ministry, mm -hmm. you know, you're a, if you're a pastor, worship leader, you know, pastor's wife, or even, even if you are um, in just like the family circle of pastor with like pastor's kids. And right. I think it happens there too. Right. And it's this, this feeling sometimes this, this added pressure that we carry of, I have to be perfect, or at least it has to look like things are okay in my life and that they're, they're functioning well because I have to be the example. And, and I do think that um, that vulnerability that you talked about is is so important on on all of these levels. And and I love the fact that you write through that vulnerability and that honesty of putting that in your music so that other people that are maybe struggling with something similar, that they have something that they can relate to and say, oh, you know what? It's actually OK for me to be a Christian and to love Jesus and to know that he loves me and, you know, still have moments of weakness or to still have, you know, seasons where I'm going through and I'm struggling with something. And, um, you know, I think that that's a, that's a really powerful thing, Jennifer, that you, that you do take that vulnerability and you write in that honest way, touching on some of these themes that 
give people permission to connect with it in that way. And, uh, you know, I think that that's something that we could do way more of in the body of Christ is give people permission to be vulnerable and to be open and to be honest with their struggles, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I, and, and I know that that's not the only thing that you write about. Um, you yeah. have a very kind of eclectic vocal style because uh i you know i've been listening to to your music and you have some of your music is is very jazzy and i don't know what the right term i, I don't want to use the word old-timey but like yeah. there, there is something that's very that. classic about yeah there's like something very classic about the way that you approach um that style of music and there is a lot of it that's very kind of happy and upbeat and singing like love songs and things like that and then there's other, you know, other aspects of, of your music where you kind of explore as we're talking about going into some of the, you know, these darker themes and and that that different kind of expression of of honesty. Right. And of what's going on in, inside of you. Um, did you ever feel like there was I don't know, did you ever have a pressure on you in just kind of becoming who you are as a singer and songwriter to kind of like pick a lane <laughs> like did you ever feel that pressure to to say like oh i'm i'm singing about too many things or i have these different vocal styles like i need to define who i am and be more you know this way or that way and just kind of be in a lane i'm just curious because i'll have a follow-up question either way based on how you answer <laughs> gotcha so one of my favorite vocalists of all time is Eva Cassidy. She passed away in her 30s, but she had the ability to sing any genre perfectly. Um, and I think for me, if you would have asked my teenage self, I would have said, oh, I will only ever sing worship because I was a little bit more like on the legalism side of things. Didn't think yeah. I could sing anything besides Jesus, if that makes sense. And then um as i started writing more i realized that i wanted to write songs um love songs story songs whatever you want to call them that anybody could listen to because if you turn on the radio and you if you have kids you know that it's like oh okay there's a lot that needs to be bleeped out here um, or explained and so um my passion behind writing you know the jazz stuff and the you know the more story um, self-reflective type songs is just songs that everybody can listen to, um, songs that people can relate to. Um, so I didn't, I, I don't think I've ever really felt, except for, you know, the legalism thing, I haven't felt like, oh, I need to stick with one genre, you know, um, because I love so many different styles and ways of singing. Um, I think I would maybe get bored. I'm not sure. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, no, and 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 I love that. I'm I'm actually I'm I'm glad you said that because I think that a lot of times um, creative people struggle with, in my experience anyway, with you know some people that I've talked to, and I think in my personal life as well, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with um, feeling a, a certain kind of a pressure to fit into some kind of a box. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, like, for and for some people, they do have a specific lane where it's like, this is what I do, and and right. I'm excellent at it, and that's what I'm supposed to stick to. But then for other people like you, you have um, an ability to kind of explore in different areas, 
And that's who you are, right? Like that's who you are as an artist. It's who you are as a, as a worshiper. And uh, as you just said, like you would get bored if you just tried to stick to one thing the whole time. And so I just, I love the fact, and the reason I asked that question is because I love the fact that you, you know, gave yourself permission to explore in those different areas and kind of develop who you are and your style in a way that didn't conform to just one specific box. You know what I mean? Because I think, again, that's one of those things that to me, it gives other people permission to say, hold on, like maybe I don't have to do it the way that everyone else has done it before. And I can really just kind of be true to myself. Yeah. Um, and uh, so just just on that, like how how important do you think that is if we're talking about the arts, whether we're talking about um, music ministry, worship ministry, if we're talking about even preaching styles or if we're talking about uh, writing styles and, and things like that. And your husband would definitely have, uh, I think, similar things to share on this. But just how important do you think that is, whatever it is that you're going after to to be true to yourself, to not allow yourself to get stuck into some kind of a, a box or conform to someone maybe even someone else's opinion of how it should be done um but to yeah really just i think on on a couple different levels being led by the spirit first of all and also being who you are and if it doesn't fit into a normal a quote-unquote normal context uh, but just kind of giving yourself that permission to go after it and to explore it anyway how important do you think that that's been first of all for you and uh, just for people in general? Um, I think I think that that's very important. Um, and if, I think one of the things, music is, you know, it's the starving artist thing, it just really is. And so I think as, as much as you wanna be true to yourself, you also want to make money. So I think a lot of people, they'll still mm. write the things that they love to write, but at the end of the day, they're like, all right, what I love to write doesn't make any money, so I have to do this thing over here instead. Um, and for me, that's been, I was a professional photographer for seven years, and then I've done a ton of graphic design over the last five years. So I've had to always do something else creative to like make money so that I can still like do the thing that I actually love to do, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, um, so I think when you're a creative person, you kind of get used to doing that. I mean, at least I've only had, you know, other creative jobs. Um, I pastoring, maybe not so much, <laughs> not as creative, but, um, <laughs> depends how you do it, I guess. In the way that you speak to people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But other than that, so I think there's an element where I'm true to myself and then there's another element where it's like, well, I have four kids, so this isn't what I absolutely love doing, but I'm going to do it because mm. I can make money doing it. And it's just the way yeah. that it is. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what was that like for you when uh, something that I talked to your husband about when he was on the podcast, um, we talked about the transition from being a full time pastor and, you know, being in full time ministry to uh, being a full time writer and mm -hmm. all of that. And obviously that affected the the landscape of, of your life and, and your family and all that. What was that like kind of walking through that? transition of being in full-time ministry and of course you still are in ministry but being in full-time ministry in terms of a traditional pastoral kind of a role to you know what more of what your life looks like these days what was that like kind of walking through that that season of time in transition as a family uh for me personally because of what christopher was going through i had to be very strong for quite a while um, and then once he found his 
passion and his stride, I kind of felt had I had permission to fall apart, if you will. <laughs> mm. um, I think it took me a while because of my personality. I'm he, he's more of an enthusiast, like, oh, I'm going to do this and that. And I'm more like stable and just uh, I take things. I do my research. I, um, you know, I'm one of those people. And so to completely change the course of our lives, it took me a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, it took me a little bit to transition out of that. Um, am I grateful for the direction that we've gone? Absolutely. Uh, do I think mm. it was the right one? Absolutely. Uh, but being the way that I am, it took me a little bit to just transition out of that and kind of went through my own um, breakdown, if you will, because everything that I've ever grown up with was ministry. Like right out of high school, I did an internship with the ministry. It's just always been ministry. And so um, you kind of start to ask yourself, okay, if this isn't what I'm doing, then who am I? And mm. so unfortunately, I think so much of our identity is wrapped up in what we do and not yes. who we really are. And so um, that took me a bit to, you know, process and um, started talking to a therapist and just getting my mental health right. Because during that time too, I just was really struggling with depression mm. because you're asking yourself those huge, you know, life questions like, yeah. what, who am I without this and what's next and all of those things. Um, and I had, <laughs> so I had been doing graphic design full time and then December of 2019, I was like, all right, for the first time in forever, I'm going to just take a break from working because we we're in a, a place financially where I could do that. And so then what happened three months later is COVID. And so my kids were home mm. all day, every day. Um, so I felt like my process took a lot longer because I never really got to have that break, if that makes sense. Whereas if you have just that break, you can kind of process things. Um, but then, you know, a pandemic happened and I'm like, all right, this is going to take longer than I thought. <laughs> um, but I feel like I'm in a much healthier place now. Um, and it's just been one of the greatest joys of my life to see mm. my husband do what he absolutely loves to do. Um, I did not put tissues next to myself and that was a big mistake. <laughs> um, to see his dream come alive, to see him um not under the weight and the stress of ministry uh that has just made all the difference for me and mm. i just love to see him in his element um i don't know if he said this on his interview with you but i was the one i told him probably over 10 years ago he's like what's the one thing that you think that i can do that you know sets me apart and i said it's your writing i said i believe that you could be the next c.s lewis and mm. um it took him a little while obviously to uh finally pursue it full time um but yeah that's been the greatest joy for me lately is to just see him come alive in his work and um yeah just that he's a different person now and it's not that we we don't regret ever being in full-time ministry it was th that it was just time for that season to be done and sure. i i commend people that are in full-time ministry it is it is um one of the most difficult jobs that you can have and so our pastors um, and associate pastors and youth pastors deserve all of the encouragement that you can give them and gift cards to restaurants because we'd be <laughs> all okay because pastor, yeah. pastors do not get paid enough. So um, if you're watching this and you go to a church, please just take a moment to thank your pastor if they've had an impact in your life. 
send them a gift card so their kids can actually know what it's like to go to a restaurant, you know, that kind of thing. Wow. So. Well, I love that. Was it difficult to, to let it go? I, I feel like that's a, that's kind of a silly question because I'm, I'm sure that there are aspects of it that, that were, but you know, I'm just thinking about how, when we get into ministry, most people go into full-time ministry, particularly with the plan that they're going to do that for the rest of their life, you know, because right. mo most people don't just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a full, like, I'm going to be a pastor because I want to be a pastor. Most people don't do that. Most nobody people become, does <laughs> yeah, nobody does that, right? Uh, crazy people do that, but nobody yeah. does that really. Um, you know, people that, uh, that, that want to, you know, be on TV stealing money from old people, you know, they yeah. might, they might, they might do that with a, with a weird motive, but yeah, most people or everybody just about goes into a, a ministry lifestyle because there's a calling there and because they believe that it's what God is leading them to do, knowing that they're setting themselves up for <laughs> a lifetime of challenges and of walking through difficult things with people. But again, there's a calling. And so there's a passion there. Uh, I imagine that it was similar for you, right? Getting When you started in ministry from such a young age, probably feeling like, like this is going to be my life. You know, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like in the future, but, but, but kind of having that feeling or that, that thought process that you were going to be, you know, taking on some kind of mantle of ministry for the rest of your life. Um, and you still are, I'm not saying, you know, you are still in ministry. It's just that it's, uh, it's a different context and it's not the full-time again, traditional pastoral role as it used to be. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, was that something that was difficult in your mind as far as letting go? I mean, I know you talked about even as a teenager making that, that transition from like, oh, I can only do worship music to right. feeling like, oh, I can sing about other things as well and kind of dealing with a little bit of that that legalism or that mentality of this has to only be about Jesus all the time um, or it it's not it can't be part of me or it can't be part of my life. Was there any of that going on? I know this was like many years later, but was there anything like that that was just difficult to let go of as you were walking through that process? Yeah, I think um, there were certain elements uh, that were more difficult to let go of. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the grace had definitely lifted, if that makes mm. sense. Um, point, and so yeah. that kind of makes it easier to transition out of something when you just, uh, when you just feel that shift. Um, and I, and, and definitely, I think, you know, oftentimes in church, I'm not sure if you, how you grew up, but with, especially in Pentecostal churches, it's like, okay, the most holy thing that you can do is become a pastor, right? And and, right. and anything else, it's like, oh, well, oh, you do that for your job. And there's kind of like that vibe going there. And I think um, it's just a really dangerous thing to teach. And I think people need to get separate from that. Like, just because you're not a pastor doesn't mean that you're not in ministry. It doesn't mean that you're not affecting people's lives on, you know, a daily basis. Um, so I kind of had to get over that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. 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 You know, I, I think that we need to understand why pastors exist in the first place. And, you know, in Ephesians 4 says that he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But it's for the, it, it, he says, for the um, equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this ministry thing, it's for every single believer. It's for every single one of us. And we, we kind of have this weird concept in our heads that it's the people in the pulpit. It's the people on the mission field that they're the ones in ministry. And the rest of us are, as you said, we have, I have my career. And mm -hmm. then, you know, like we don't look at that as some kind of a spiritual thing. We look at it as more of a secular thing that, that, we, that we do. And I think it's a completely wrong paradigm. You know, we, we only exist. Like I only, I'm, I only am a pastor because my, my role, God has called me to equip others so that they can go out and they can do the work of the ministry effectively in the context of whatever God has called them to do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, this, this idea that I, I have to do this or it's not spiritual or I have to do this or it's not connected to ministry. Um, I love the fact that you guys are free in your thinking in that area. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really big deal. And I think that that's something that um, needs to be pushed more in the body of Christ um, in, in terms of like, what what you're doing it doesn't matter if you if you are in full time quote unquote ministry or if you're a teacher you're a doctor you're a writer um, you're a stay at home mom stay at home dad you're you know whatever the whatever the case is that you do um, that that's the context God has called you to that context it's for you to be effective mm -hmm. and for you to um, participate in the establishing of God's kingdom on the earth. And that happens as we partner with God in whatever in whatever thing that we're doing. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I love the fact that you guys um, really leaned into that and you recognize that the season was shifting. Yeah. And that God was calling you guys to express that ministry in a different context. I love that. One of the things um, I'll bring up, I was I think I was 19 and I was just spending some time with the Lord and I just felt like he said, um, I have so many pastors and teachers and apostles and evangelists, um, but I have very few friends. <laughs> wow. And that's something that really uh, transformed my outlook on, on life, on what I strive to be. Um, I didn't want to just be in ministry, but I, I wanted to strive to be a friend of God and not have, um, not strive to be something for him, but to strive to be with him. Um, mm. So that's definitely, that's definitely a moment that has shaped um, who I am and my view of, of the Lord as well, that he, that he desires intimacy, that he desires friendship with his people. Mm. Um, and I think when you're in full-time ministry, it's very easy to get caught up in all of the, all of the things. Yes. Um, and so if you're watching and in your ministry, just remember that he, he, you're a human being, not a human doing. And he, uh, he just longs to have that friendship and that communion with you on a daily basis. So, wow. Yeah. Um, I, I was just thinking there, there's this scripture in, uh, in Matthew chapter 10, I think it's, I think it's Matthew 10 verse eight. And Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, he's sending them out and he says, cleanse the, uh, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons freely. You've received freely give. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, it just, as you're talking, it just reminded me of something that, um, uh, Bill Johnson of, uh, Bethel in mm -hmm. uh, years ago, uh, he, he taught this, this message. And I remember this, it stuck so clearly in my mind from, I mean, probably more than a decade ago at this point. And he said, um, 
just kind of like, you know, he'll have conversations. A young person will come up to him and be like, oh, I got to figure out what to do with my life. He's like, okay, um, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. Yeah, no, 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 I get it. But like, I, I need to figure out who I'm going to marry. He's like, okay, well, you know, get married and then heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely. Yeah, but I need to know like what I'm supposed to do. Do I go into ministry? Do I get a career? Well, pick one and then heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, <laughs> raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. And and I think what he's getting at, of course, of course, we, we need to listen to God and, and obey and hear what he's saying, because there is a, a calling, I believe, that he has for your life. But the point is, I think the point of what he was getting at there is kind of what, what you were talking about. And it's this idea of a, of a box that you have to be in in order to fulfill your purpose and to fulfill your assignment or to be obedient to God or to be pleasing to God, where I think God is really looking for, as you said, friends. You know, he's looking for people to relate to him as, you know, sons and daughters relating to their heavenly father. And in that lifestyle of intimacy and walking with him, much less important, like, what did I do for God today? then, you know, was I with God today? Did I, did I, did I encounter God today? And I love the fact, going back to the very beginning of this conversation, you talked about encountering God from the age of three and a half years old <laughs> and having that experience with God because he's so good and he's so real. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you're called to do. It doesn't matter, you know, any of that. What, what matters is that he's your heavenly father and he loves you and he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And, However, that's expressed. The the point is, I, I just so appreciate what you just said there about just being his friend mm -hmm. and developing that lifestyle of intimacy with God. And then we don't have to worry so much. I feel like if we if that's the context of our life, we don't have to worry so much about, well, what do I do next? And what do right. I do about this? And do I go here? or Do I not go here? Because I think that he makes that clear. You know, I think that he 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 makes he makes that he makes our path straight when we acknowledge him in all of our ways, you know, not to get too like in the weeds here, but, but that word acknowledge is like, it doesn't just mean like, what do you think about this God? It's a, it's an intimate knowing of, of becoming one with God mm. in all of your ways. Uh, it's the Hebrew word yada, which is the word for knowledge, which is also the word for like, like, even they, they use it when Adam knew his wife, you know, right. they, that in, in that context, it's the same thing. It's, it's where it's where to become one. It's an experiential kind of a, of a knowledge that's based on on intimacy. And when that's the context of our life, then, yeah, what you said is, is so true. You're not a human. Uh, what you say? You're not a human doing. You're a human being. Yeah. And God created you to to be to exist to live, to move, and to have your being in him. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool, Jennifer. I, I love, I love the story. Um, I love what you're doing. I love the, I love the music. I, I, I want to point people to jenniferhopper.com. And then before we end here, you can point people to anywhere else that, that you may want to uh, point some people, but I did want to just pick up one more thing. You have a food section on your website as well. Oh. And I'm just curious what, what, uh, what's going on there. Um, yeah, I love making food and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and eating it and, you know, uh, so eventually there will be my recipes and stuff there. Um, Wait. I think, let's see, 
I've had to eat gluten-free for 13 years. And so when you realize that you're probably never going to eat something exquisite at a restaurant, again, you decide to figure out how to make it yourself. So that was kind of my inspiration for becoming um, a very good cook. Uh, and yeah, so those are my, uh, my food photos so far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's cool. Cause I was, <laughs> yeah. I was looking, I was like, I was like music. I like music videos. I like videos, food. I'm like, I love food. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's so cool. Yeah. I mean, if you have to do it every night, you might as well be good at it, I guess cooking yeah. and all that. So yeah. Mm. So does, uh, does everybody in your house pretty much eat that way at this point? Like, do you cook uh, meals for everybody that I, way or? Usually every night there's someone like, I don't like this, you know, but I've just accepted that that's the way that it is. And someday when they're in college and they have to make their own ramen, they'll realize how good they had it. <laughs> yes. Come on. I used to eat ramen in college. I would eat ramen right out of the wrapper. Like oh I, yeah. Like not even. Sheet. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Oh, horrible good. horrible yeah. stuff yeah but um and you you guys have uh four kids you said we do eva is 17 Luke is 15 mm. judah is about to turn 13 and levi is 10 so yeah wow three teenagers so wow that's awesome that's awesome they're fun well um is yeah is is there anywhere else um so jenniferhopper.com is a good place yeah. to go to connect with your music and to find a little bit more about who you are and what you do uh, is yeah. there anywhere else that you like to point people where they can either just connect with you or find out about some of the you know resources and things that you that you put out um my instagram is jennifer hopper pretty basic and my facebook is as well so if you prefer those platforms then there you go and of course, you can find the music as well on places like Spotify. Yeah, um, iTunes, and, Spotify, uh, yeah. Google Play, all of the things. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Well, uh, Jennifer, again, I appreciate your time today. Sorry about the technical difficulties getting started, but thank you for right. hanging with me. Uh, super cool to uh, finally uh, connect with you and just find out a little bit more about who you are and just kind of get more of the the, the Hopper family context. <laughs> and And I love it. And I love what you guys are doing. And um, oh, is there anything anything um, coming up on the horizon as far as like new? Um, are you writing or do you, uh, you know, currently writing? I don't know how that how that works for you, if you're always writing or if it's if it's more, you know, seasonal or, or how that goes. Or, or is there anything that you're working on right now that you're excited about? Um, just mainly focusing on writing worship right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for taking the time to check out this episode. I hope that the conversation blessed you or challenged you in some way. Uh, if it did, if you would consider liking, subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, um, any of that kind of stuff would be amazing. So thank you guys so much. And uh, again, Jennifer, thanks so much again for your time. And uh, I'll, I'll uh, talk to you soon.